MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast alongside Adam Burke. I am Tim Murray. We will be joined via phone from Matt Humans later on in the show. But here we go. We have one game remaining. No offense to the FCS championship. The national championship Monday night NRG Stadium and it will be Michigan as a four and a half or four, depending on where you look, point favorite total on the rise, 56, 56 and a half, Adam. So a lot to get to, obviously, when it comes to this game. You know, to me, I think the most intriguing thing outside of just the play of Michael Penix and will he continue to look like a god was is up front Washington's O-line versus this D-line for Michigan. For you, what is the most intriguing matchup a matchup that you believe might determine the outcome on monday night yeah i think that's certainly one of them the other one for me would be washington's receivers against michigan's defensive backs because ohio state had over 15 yards per reception Mm -hmm. in that game you know back on thanksgiving weekend so they were able to create some chunk and some explosive plays through the air Nobody else really has a wide receiver group that matches Ohio State's except for LSU and Washington. And frankly, Washington's may very well be better. So I'm really curious to see how this Michigan secondary is able to handle them. 
because Jalen Milrow didn't get a whole lot of time to throw. Michigan really did a good job collapsing the pocket. They exposed some weak tackle play from Alabama. Of course, you had all the bad snaps and all that kind of thing. Michigan had a bunch of creative pass rushing, a bunch of stunts up front. They disguised one guy who was coming. If you don't get to Penix and all of a sudden you got a bunch of one-on-ones out there, he may pick you apart. Yep. So that's the big matchup for me, I think, along with the fact that, as you mentioned, Michigan's front against Washington's offensive line, another big one there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, look, I, I, this will be, in my opinion, the best defensive line that Washington has faced all year. Oregon's is very good. Texas's is very good. But I think, conversely, this will be the most challenging passing game that Michigan will have faced all year. Ohio State obviously has Marvin Harrison Jr. and Stover and Emeka Egbuka, but I don't think anyone's going to compare Kyle McCord uh, to what we're going to see from Michael Penix Jr. So one thing that you know we talk about all the time on this podcast and, and on my show and wherever you get gambling is the highs and lows, right? Is Washington, more specifically, Michael Penix Jr., Adam, going to play as well as he did like against Texas and for Michigan, are they going to continue to make the mistakes that they did fumbling a punt, missing an extra point, missing a field goal, fumbling another punt and almost blowing them the game. So that's where I'm kind of curious about the angle to look is how high is Washington after that performance? Can it be duplicated replicated by this Washington offense? It might be able to because Penix is that good, and these wide receivers, as you alluded to, are that impressive, led by Roma Dunze. And then is Michigan going to make the blunders that they did against Alabama? See, I think it's really tough to, to kind of, you know, dig into Michigan specifically because a lot of people are going to say, look, it was the special teams mishaps that made that a game against Alabama. And I think that, you know, if you watch the game, you can kind of feel that way. At the same time, once again, J.J. McCarthy, only 221 passing yards. Michigan, only 4.1 yards per carry. They just don't do anything explosive on offense. And their best passing play, that ball that Roman Wilson caught, was not only tipped, but it was an overthrow in route. If it wasn't tipped, it was going to get picked off because he was going to overthrow the receiver. So with Michigan, I still have great concerns about this offense. I keep going back to this. Against Ohio State, their best play was a running back pass. Against Penn State, they didn't even throw the ball in the second half. Against Alabama, were they the better team? Absolutely. But Corum didn't find a ton of holes except for that ridiculous jump cut in overtime that he had. And the passing game, just, you know, they had some yards after catch a couple times. They were kind of fluky-ish types of plays. So that's what I wonder about Michigan. I know the defense is good. There's no question about that. I still don't feel like this offense is very good. Yet it's been enough for them to get to this point. Will it be enough for them one more time? Yeah, and you know, one thing that that's been pointed out is that Michigan really. I mean, we we talked about it on the podcast, you know, and and wherever you got our content. I mean, look at the start of their season. It was just it was van- as vanilla as they needed it to be. They never really needed to do anything creative because they were just better than everybody until they played Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. Really, Penn State and Ohio State. So yeah, to your point, I think it's all fair that offensively we've wanted more. Uh, I thought J.J. McCarthy, despite not really gaudy numbers, I thought he played well. I thought there were a couple throws that his receivers could have helped him out on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blake Corum, is he going to be explosive? I do think they'll be able to run the ball against Washington. My question, flipping it over to Washington, is the health of Dylan Johnson. I know Ryan Grubb went on a, a Seattle radio station and said he's going to play. That's the expectation. Okay, fine. Is he going to be healthy? Is he 100%? Because my question, why ultimately... 
I'm leaning Michigan. I'm trying to figure out a way to ultimately bet Michigan here is I think Jesse Minter in this defense is going to drop a whole lot, try to confuse Michael Penix, which might be an impossibility because he's a six-year senior. He's as precise as it comes. But if they have no dual threat capabilities, if Dylan Johnson is not 100%, I do wonder if Washington really struggles to kind of get it going. Because let's remember this, in the second half against Texas, they didn't score. They only scored one touchdown. So they got slowed down a little bit there in that second half. So I, I do wonder the chess match that we're going to see ultimately from this Michigan defense with a tremendous front if they can have enough pressure up front, Adam, where they can drop a little bit and really make Washington beat them on the ground. Yeah, I think it's a really fair question. I think the, to play devil's advocate here, the, the point that I would make is Washington did Texas a favor when they tried to run the football Oh yeah, in that game. I mean, Dylan Johnson, 21 carries for 49 yards, and that was before he wound up getting hurt. So it was one of those things where for Washington – in some respects, could you say you kind of don't want Dylan Johnson to be healthy because it's going to force him to throw the football? That's going. To, the more times the football is in Michael Penix's hands, the better opportunities I think this Washington offense has because Michigan is very stout at the point of attack. You know, being an Ohio State fan, it irritates me to no end that Ryan Day wants to talk about physicality and toughness and all this. If you're running between the tackles against Michigan, that's exactly what they want you to do because that's the strength of that defense. So... I think for Washington, unless they find creative ways to run the ball, you know, throw it to a Dunze, a Dunze or Polk or somebody behind the line of scrimmage as an extension of the running game, I don't think you want to run the football that much, whether Johnson is, you know, limited or not. So thinking back, not necessarily to the game that they played earlier this year, because once again, Kyle McCord and Michael Penix Jr. probably shouldn't be mentioned in the same sentence. He went 18 of 30, 271, two touchdowns. If we think back to last year when Ohio State and Michigan played, and now look, Michigan's defense isn't the same. I'm just I'm trying to bring it up as a comparison because that offense led by C.J. Stroud with those wide receivers of, you know, Emeka Egbuka, Marvin Harrison, Julian Fleming, all in all, they had pretty decent success, but they had a couple interceptions in that game cj stroud ultimately threw two picks so if you try to think back to the performance michigan had in that game donovan edwards was the differentiator because blake Corum, i believe that's was, where he got hurt right in that yeah. game mm -hmm. so the, the question i have and to play devil's advocate to my i want to be on michigan side is are we going to get anything from Donovan Edwards? Like he is he's the home run hitter but he hasn't been that home run hitter this year but how apt of a comparison is it Ohio State 22 to Washington 2023 yeah I think it's a fair question to ask especially because I mean you spend your entire offseason and you know when you play a schedule like Michigan does most of your season preparing for Ohio State I've been trying to and, I mean for Harbaugh it was four years trying to figure out we have to beat Ohio State and now they've done it in three successive seasons and I think they're there are certainly some similarities from the explosive pass game that we've seen from the Buckeyes year to year and what we're seeing now from Washington. Right. And and look, I mean, Ohio State moved the football in the first half of that game two years ago yep. with Stroud. I mean, they scored on their first two possessions. The one was a long field goal drive. They certainly would have liked more than that. But, you know, their first scripted drive, they marched down the field on them. And look, I, I will say this. One of the things that really stood out to me with the Michigan-Alabama game 
Nick Saban got badly outcoached, and that doesn't happen often. And Michigan's coordinators are really the strength of this program here over the last few seasons because they've made some strong hires, both offensive and defensive. I know Josh Gaddis left and, and didn't really find that much success after he left Michigan. But Jesse Minter, I love the game plan that he had against Milrow. But a lot of that was to keep Milrow contained. Mm -hmm. With Penix, he's mobile enough but he's a phenomenal deep ball thrower. And that's something that CJ Stroud also had in his back pocket and something that Kyle McCord did not. So yeah, there are definitely some similarities here, but again, you spend all year preparing for your rival in that situation. You've got six days to get ready for Washington, a team that, yeah, you played a few years ago in 2021, but this is a dramatically different Washington team that now has Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix, and all these weapons. As we sit here right now, Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point favorite, four at Circa, total up to 56-and-a-half. We'll get to our best bets a little bit later on here in the podcast. Ryan Grubb, OC for Washington Michigan's uh, D coordinator, Jesse Minter. That is going to be uh, quite the chess match. All right. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk to Matt Humans. We'll get his thoughts on the game. You can probably take a hint of uh, who he's going to be on based off of uh, just the dog situation. More to come. It is the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. All right, we're back here on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Only one game left to break down, of course, the national championship, as we've already been talking about with Adam Burke. And now we are joined by Matt Humans, who is uh, on the road in parts unknown. Actually, I know exactly where he is, but he joins us on the phone right now. Matt, as we look at this game, let's start from a, a reaction to what we saw on New Year's Day, and if that has changed your opinion of what to expect on Monday. So Michigan gets the win in overtime, 27-20, to 20, and then Alabama, or Washington holds on to beat Texas. Anything from Monday really change your opinion on either one of these teams as we head into this Monday for the national championship? I don't think it changed my opinion much, but it did make my belief in Washington a little bit stronger. Uh, I think let's put it that way, going into the uh, final four here, I thought that uh, the Huskies were being underrated and that they had a great shot to win the whole thing. And I played Washington against Texas. I thought the Longhorns were being a little bit overrated. You know, when you look at Steve Sarkissian and Quinn Ewers, I thought that com- combination is uh, less reliable uh, than uh, Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix, and especially with uh, Washington having the number one pass offense in college football. You know, in an element that um, to an offense is really Texas had not had to face very often or at all in uh, the big 12 this season. And really that was on display. Washington racked up 532 total yards, 430 passing against Texas. And if you follow the big 12 this season, all you heard about was how physical that Texas defensive front was. Uh, You know, those, those uh, players in the secondary uh, were tough and they were not going to give up uh, the big plays to Washington. Well, that didn't turn out to be true. And a lot of times these teams get exposed a little bit when they get into a playoff situation. I also thought that uh, Washington's offensive line held up really well against the uh, Texas defensive front. When you watched, uh, and, you know, the Washington defense has some holes, and that was one concern, too. And you can run the ball on the Washington defense. It's my biggest concern in the matchup here with Michigan. When you watch Alabama, and Michigan, I thought the Wolverines were really lucky to get away with that one. And while Alabama did not play especially well, I don't think Nick Saban coached one of his better games. But Michigan made so many major blunders in that game, and it was able to overcome those blunders uh, there at the end of regulation and, and in overtime and still win the game. But I think the Wolverines want to play this at a slow pace. Uh, they want to run the ball kind of control the clock and the pace of the game and, you know, keep Penix out of rhythm. 
Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that. You know, I like Washington again. I like them against Texas. I like them here again against Michigan. I'm not really sure why the number is as high as it is. Uh, but we we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, and let's get to it. As you know, the number came down a little bit as as we record this on Thursday afternoon. It's important to know when we're recording this because who knows that what this number will do. Uh, right now at circa total has ticked up a little bit to fifty six and a half, and the spread has come down a little bit to four. And I know I think right around the end of the Washington Texas game there was a three and a half out there I believe circa might have opened three and a half it got bet up to five and it's been a, a steady buyback on uh, on Washington here so is it a correlation in your opinion with the total and the side because that's the way I think a little bit Matt if you like Michigan I think it's more of an under game and if you like Washington I think it's more of an over game would you agree with that uh, probably, but I'm not going to mess with the totals. I hate totals more than I hate broccoli <laughs> and Michael Jackson and uh, things like that. Yeah, I, I just hate totals. I mean, the way they played out in bowl games. Tim, you were at the Sun Bowl. That was a dead under the whole way, and that <laughs> game goes over. Right? Favorite so bet of the bowl season, bowl. Matt. That was uh, that was uh, fun. That was awesome. <laughs> just too many random elements to the totals. Hey, look at Alabama, Michigan. That game should have stayed under. No doubt about it. Goes over yep. and overtime. I was on that under so, too. You, you don't need many reminders about how random totals uh, can be sometimes, but in general, yeah, I agree with that philosophy of what you said. I think uh, Big Ten football is to play, control the clock, run the ball, and uh, probably play unders, and that's what we've uh, I've seen for, for the most part from uh, Michigan. Uh, you know, I thought there was a chance this, this line might get to six. There's so much Michigan support out there. It really surprises me. Uh, because I thought there'd be more for Washington. And, you know, I haven't talked to uh, Johnny Avello at DraftKings about uh, this number and whether he thinks it's going to go up before kickoff. But I'll tell you that Nick Bogdanovich yeah. at Circus Sports said he makes it a dead pick game. And he's not sure why Michigan's laying this number. Now, in the betting market, I understand why Michigan's at least a three. I thought it would be a three, maybe three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Every, you know, most betters like the favorite in the in the matchup, and you know you're gonna you're gonna find some sharper money. I think taking the dog that doesn't mean the dog's gonna be the right side, but uh, I, I'm I'm gladly taking the. Um, I took five with Washington for a small bet. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna make a bigger bet on this game. I was hoping it would go above five, so I guess I'm gonna have to take four and a half or. Uh, something. I, I actually think we might see some more movement in this before the game, but who knows? And you can also live bet the game uh, too. And there have been some great live betting opportunities in these uh, these bowl games as well. But Washington's my side. I've got to bet on Washington, and I'm going to bet more on the Huskies. And uh, got a lot of reasons why I like them. Yeah. No. I and it's it's going to be fascinating because I I do think you know to to your point. Um, I I've heard some. I've heard. Opinions love in Michigan, um, and I've heard a lot of uh, public support out there for Washington and the points. So I think I, I think different books are going to have uh, different kind of uh, needs when this all shapes up. As you mentioned on your show, uh, Nick Bogdanovich saying that it was a, he had it as a pick'em. I was talking to an odds maker today that said he made the game seven. So you know it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's fascinating yeah. to uh, to hear the differing opinions. Um, you know Michael Penix was flawless against Texas, and you know there's something about it. And I'm curious your thoughts. Now when you're taking the points, it's a little bit different. But this Washington team since they beat Cal. 
back in you know uh, middle of September, Matt, every single game has been decided by 10 or less points. And, you know, they've had a couple spots where they're a dog and they've ultimately come out a victor against Oregon State, Oregon and Texas most recently. But then there's been some spots where probably Michael Penix wasn't 100 percent. We talked about it on the podcast. I think both you and I were on Arizona State the week after they beat Oregon. Um, but there is just something about this Washington team and it goes back to to New Year's night. I felt like they were the far better team the whole evening. And if Quinn Ewers is maybe a little quicker on his read, they might lose that game to Texas. So what is it about this Washington team, in your opinion, that that doesn't allow them at least the last 10 games to to seem to be able to put teams away? Well, that's why the tree you see in a lot of these great teams is uh, they find ways to win even the close games, you know, even when uh, they don't have their A game. Like Washington did not have there for a stretch of about five weeks mm-hmm. where it played its uh, B or C game and was able to sneak by a lot of times. You know, Kalen DeBoer, I'm, I'm going to stop bragging about him. I, I've bragged about him all year. I think he's done a tremendous uh, coaching job. I have no idea why guys like this have such a problem managing the simple things like the clock at the end of the game. And uh, that was almost a uh, epic meltdown by the Huskies at the end of the game. Uh, against Texas, it's, you know, we don't have to go through it all. You know, exactly. Everybody knows exactly what happened. It's just mind boggling to me how they even gave the Longhorns a chance to uh, win that game. The board's done a great job. Otherwise Penix, I think, and you think, and I think a lot of people do that he was banged up and he was far from uh, healthy in that stretch of five games or so where uh, Washington was barely skating by. And I thought in the Pac-12 championship, Penix was back. He looked healthy. He looked sharp. And he was ripping it. And uh, he was doing that against Texas as well. And, uh, you know, that's a big key is that uh, I've got more faith in Penix to make plays. I do in J.J. McCarthy. I'm hearing a lot of the hype about McCarthy right now. He came out in the first play of the Rose Bowl and threw a duck that didn't get out of bounds. It was picked off. Uh, He's made made some questionable throws against TCU. Some bad throws last year against TCU in the playoff. Uh, yeah, he came through big at the end of regulation, but uh, I, I still think Penix is a better quarterback in this matchup and uh, his receivers and hopefully Dylan Johnson's healthy and good to go. And his weapons on offense are, I think more impressive than what uh, Michigan has gotten. Also the Michigan defense has not faced again, a passing offense as explosive as what Washington's going to put on the field uh, this week. So, for me, there are a lot of reasons to uh, like Washington in a matchup that uh, Michigan really hasn't had to encounter uh, yet this season with a, with a passing offense that's this wide open. All right, Matt, we'll wrap on this. You're on Washington uh, plus four and a half. No play on the total. Uh, so you're locked in on that as an official play as we record this. But as for the outcome of this game, Matt, will you have some Washington money line in your pocket come Monday night? I probably will bet Washington a little bit to win the game too. I I try not to get too greedy and bet teams uh, on the money line. And I'm I'm an underdog player. Usually I'll play about 75, 80% of my bet taking the points and a small fraction on the money line. That's probably what I'm going to do with this game as well. Matt, always appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you uh, at some point uh, as, the, as we get into this postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up here about the all-Big Ten title game. Now That's that the right. two SEC teams have been knocked out. These, yeah. these two teams will head to the uh, – will play <laughs> each other in October. There he is, Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247. We'll recap everything that was said from Matt 
give you our final thoughts on the game. Adam and I will return on the other side of this break. It is the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, we keep it rolling here on the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. But Tim, it's the end of the year. We will be doing off-season podcasts. Do not worry. As soon as uh, the portal closes, which I thought it closed a couple days ago, and then guys keep jumping into the portal. So I don't know what the deal is with the portal. But regardless, we got a national championship to hit on Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. I am at one Tim Murray. Make sure to check out all the written work. Adam, uh, let the people know what to expect from vcin.com leading up to Monday. Yeah, we're going to try to get a best bet from everybody who's on air. So that's something that we'll be looking to do here. Uh, we already have our game preview out. That's been up. Some of our other writers are going to 
hone in a little bit more on their best bets, some props, of course, for the national championship game as well. And also, not that it's college football related. You and I have done college basketball stuff in the past, including a podcast. Uh, college basketball season now kind of takes center stage. So we had some features out this past week. We put together uh, a college basketball guide for some of our partners and affiliates, uh, along with Dra- uh, DraftKings Network. So we'll, we'll be ramping up the college basketball content a little bit here as well once the national championship game is in the books. All right. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to diving back into college basketball, even though it's uh, it's been a little painful to start. But, you know, we've got to got to keep the wheels going there we will have a podcast up and running at some point uh dust off the old uh, college basketball betting podcast but let's uh put a bow on uh, this game we'll have our best bets you just heard from matt matt is rolling with the dog plus four and a half washington uh is his best bet he's looking to take a little money line at some point we'll give you ours here momentarily but i do want to jump in and remember we're recording this on thursday so all the prop markets might not be out there but I wanted to take a look at the interception market just real quickly. Obviously, people are keying in on on Michael Penix passing yards set at DraftKings at 291 and a half over under on touchdowns, uh, one and a half for both plus money for J.J. McCarthy and uh, minus 195 to the over for Michael Penix. Michael Penix to throw an interception at DraftKings is minus 240 under is plus 175. I actually was hoping that it would be flipped there. I thought because of Michael Penix and just how precise he has been, that maybe we would get a depressed market. But boy, over a half interception, minus 240 for Michael Penix. That was really something I was hoping would be more in the pick'em market, and it is uh, obviously not. So not something I'm looking to bet there. But I do think Michael Penix, if Washington, or excuse me, if Michigan, Adam, takes away the run game just by the pure volume of passing attempts, I think Michael Penix might turn the ball over come uh, come Monday night. Yeah, I certainly think it's a possibility. Again, people are going to look at this and say, well, he only had nine interceptions during the regular season, but this is a game where he may have to throw 50 times. So, you know, you kind of keep that in mind. He's going to be playing, as you mentioned, probably facing a Michigan defense is going to drop some guys in coverage. They're going to disguise their coverages really, really well. Jesse Minter was very good at doing that uh, throughout the game against Alabama. So I would anticipate that Michigan will have a good game plan defensively to kind of overcome some of the things that Penix does. And look, like I said, people look at nine interceptions over what 14 games they played here so far. And then people will also look at just 10 sacks and they're going to go, well, how's he going to turn the football over if he's being protected to the degree that he has been? That may not be the case here in this game. When you think about the Pac-12, there are some good defenses. I don't think that anybody is really as physical defensively as Michigan is. So I could definitely see Penix, uh, you know, with an interception or, you know, some kind of turnover here in this game. I think another one that's interesting is J.J. McCarthy's passing yards over under 196 and a half. So you know that Michigan wants to run the football. As you mentioned, we both think that they'll run it on Washington. Washington up over six yards of carry against Texas. But that's going to open up the play-action passing game for Michigan a little bit. And, you know, Harbaugh is, of course, a quarterback by trade, as we know. He's going to want to put the ball in McCarthy's hands and let him make some throws. So I actually kind of like that over. Even though I think Michigan's going to have a lot of success running the football down Washington's throat, 
I think McCarthy will find, you know, some plays out there where maybe a linebacker cheats up and he finds Loveland or somebody like that over the middle for a couple of big gains. You know, that'll get him a good chunk of the way towards that 196 and a half number. Yeah, Colston Loveland is uh, sitting at 34 and a half receiving yards. He is the second leading receiver for Michigan this year, Roman Wilson being the leading receiver. Uh, didn't really do much against Alabama or Iowa, but you think back to the Ohio State game, he had five catches for 88 yards. So I think that point is a good one where if there starts to be some cheating, do they try to get Colston Loveland a little bit more incorporated in the passing game? Uh, some of the other numbers, if you're wondering, uh, uh, for uh, Roma Dunze, 89.5 is his over-under. Obviously, he went over triple digits uh, in the victory in the Sugar Bowl. Roman Wilson, the leading receiver for Michigan, 48.5. Uh, Jalen McMillan, 61.5. Jalen Polk, 51.5. And, a half. and uh, also uh, Jack Westover, 24.5. He could be a guy uh, looking at, you know, somewhere in the you know the anytime touchdown market which is always a, a fun market to take a look at by the way Blake Corum minus 350 to score a touchdown in this game Adam his rushing yards 105 and a half uh, with a little bit of juice toward the over on that one as well and again I, I do think that Michigan's able to run the football so you know look I think that it's always interesting to look at these things I also think it's very important to throw a cautionary tale out there if you like Michigan like not all these guys are going over right you know, like Blake Corum probably would if you think Michigan wins this game because they're probably having great success running the football in the second half. But if you like Washington, you know, maybe they kind of try to run the football a little bit in the second half. If they have a lead, try to salt the game away, stuff like that. So just make sure that you don't overexpose yourself to one particular outcome where your bet on the side is dependent on Michigan playing really well. All your props are dependent on all these guys having great games for Michigan. Don't do that. Make sure that you kind of leverage props both for the national championship game and also for the upcoming Super Bowl. Leverage those props to have a more diversified portfolio to where you still have a lot of options for making money or at least mitigating losses if the game possibly goes away different than what you expected. To. Yeah, don't uh, don't just load up an all po pro Michigan and negative Washington and vice versa, depending on what side you like. I will say uh, I did find there's a shop in town that lets you play some some same game parlays. I am not an SGP guy. Uh, and now I'm not talking about the sports gambling podcast. Very pro sports gambling podcast. But if you do want to get a little creative and lower the juice, so to speak, on, let's say, Michigan Moneyline, if you want to pair it with Blake Corum anytime touchdown, get that price down. I would be stunned. Now, I know Blake Corum got hurt against Ohio State last year, but I would be stunned, Adam, if Michigan wins a national championship and Blake Corum doesn't get into the end zone. That would be a pretty yeah. stunning revelation, considering he scored a touchdown in every single game this year. 25 touchdowns this year. Didn't score until overtime, but obviously did find the end zone in overtime uh, against Alabama. So uh, let's get to uh, any final thoughts, and then we'll get to our best bets and how we're looking to attack this game. So, you know, for you, uh, you wrote it up on vsin.com. Over is the way that you're looking. When it comes to the fact that this game is played indoors, does that give a uh, edge to Washington, in your opinion, because they like to play on that fast track? We saw them look mighty fast uh, down there in the, uh, the, the Superdome. Yeah, I, honestly, to some degree, I think it gives an edge to both teams, but certainly it gives an edge to Washington because you don't have to worry about any kind of weather considerations whatsoever. As a team, it's probably going to have to throw the ball 
75 plus percent of the time assuming that Johnson is you know well below 100 percent which is kind of the working theory that most of us have so yeah the fact that this game is indoors you don't have to worry about any wind whatsoever you don't have to worry about any kind of precipitation anything like that that may make the ball slick that is something I definitely think does benefit Washington a little bit in this game one other point I want to mention here and I know this is um, unless you wanted to talk about this because I know what you're kind of looking to play here this is a standalone football game, yep. right? The line is going to be very sharp. The side and the total are going to be very sharp. It's going to have the highest betting handle of any game throughout the course of the season. Highest limits. If you like, say, you like Washington, right? You want to attack that money line earlier because people are going to come in and bet the Washington money line and wind up depressing that price a little bit. Similarly, if you don't want to lay the four or four and a half with Michigan, you just want to take them to win the game wait it out because you're likely to get a better money line price, which is kind of way that the Super Bowl operates as well. But we see the national championship game generally do that. Yeah. And uh, look, that that ultimately is the way that I'm looking. I, I think Michigan pound for pound is the better football team. Does Washington have the better quarterback? Yes. Does Washington have the better wide receivers? Yes. So does that make me nervous? Yes, it does. Uh, Washington absolutely can win this game. Um, you know, there were proclamations, not that I was a part of it, but I didn't think they would win the Pac-12 championship. They did. And I thought they would ultimately lose to Texas. They did not. So uh, I have not had a great feel on this Washington team. Uh, I was asked on a radio interview uh, earlier this week, is Washington being disrespected? I don't think so, even though, you know, Matt Newman's uh, alluded to, maybe there is a little bit of misunderstanding of, of what this Washington team is capable of. Look, it's a team that went 7-6-1 and one ATS. It wasn't like they were, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though they didn't cover on Wednesday night. Um, Washington did have a stretch, though, no doubt, where Michael Penix, as you alluded to, Adam, was hurt, and that's where they almost lost to Arizona State, looked very sluggish against Stanford, you know, very fortunate to beat Washington State. They, they And Oregon State. I mean, there was a lot of fortune there uh, throughout the year. They have been now a dog in four of their last five games. That is kind of crazy to think about, considering Washington is on the precipice of winning the national championship. Are there correlations to TCU? I don't think so. Uh, TCU really felt like they were, I don't want to say lucky, but boy, that felt like there was a lot of fortune. You know, you had the scramble, Jill, for that game-winning field goal against Baylor. There were just a lot of fortunate circumstances that led TCU to get to the national championship before absolutely getting laughed off the field. And then they had some injuries as well. But I think Michigan is ultimately the better team. I think Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, puts together a great game plan, tries to confuse uh, Michael Penix Jr. Do I think Michael Penix Jr. Adam is going to be almost perfect like he was against Texas? No. And ultimately, I'm going to play Michigan on the money line. It's not going to be a best bet yet because I'm going to take your advice. I, I agree with that. I think you're going to get this a little bit suppressed. Minus 185 as we record is the best price out there. Um, I've contemplated. I, I don't really handicap the FCS but I've contemplated, do I pair them up with a, a South Dakota State to get that down to like minus 125, somewhere in that ballpark? Do I do the same game parlay? So ultimately, Adam, I'm on Michigan. I think they win this game. I'm going to be on the money line some way or another. So I'm going to be on Michigan here. I don't think I would really ever get to a point where I would be on 
laying the points, unless it got to three, which I really don't think it'll ever get to three. Probably won't get to three and a half where it opened, but that's the way I'm going in. I think Michigan wins this game. I think they're the national champions, and I think Jim Harbaugh is in the NFL uh, next year and shortly after winning this national championship. So I'm on the uh, Wolverines here, uh, even as uh, mostly a dog better, but uh, I will take Michigan to win this game, and uh, I will be on the money line. How are you going to attack this one? Bigger question. If Michigan does win this game, when does it get vacated? <laughs> I think that's the, the bigger question to ask here in this one. Look, I don't really have a strong opinion on the side, uh, in part because it would make me feel very sick and disgusted to say that, you know, I, I thought Michigan would win this game. Um, look, I kind of like Washington plus four and a half, especially because, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball throughout the course of this game. And of course, that would bring something like a backdoor cover scenario into play, something like that. I also think that they bring something to the table that Michigan hasn't really seen. But at the same time, Washington hasn't seen this kind of physicality really either. You could say Utah, but kind of a down year for the Utes in some respects. So I don't have a strong opinion on the side for this game. What I do like, though, is the over 56. And I played over 55 and a half already that I like. Look, inside fast track. And again, I think there are questions about Michigan secondary going up against this Washington group of wide receivers. We saw it with a much lesser quarterback in Kyle McCord, as I mentioned in the first segment of the show, where Ohio State had over 15 yards per reception in that game. I think explosive plays will be there for Washington down the field with their vertical passing game because Michigan's virtually played nobody that has a ver vertical passing game throughout the course of this season. On the flip side, I think Michigan moves the ball as well. I think they run it very effectively. I think they're able to throw it effectively when they do decide to drop back and pass play action. Harbaugh's got a really good feel for when to call that gadget play or something like that. Their coordinators have a great feel for all those types of things. So I think both offenses find success in this game. And I like the over 56 in the national championship. All right. Over 56 for Adam Washington plus four and a half for Matt humans. And I guess, for an official play, I'm not going to give out minus 185 on the money line, so I will go. I'll get a little cute, and uh, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me in the uh, the behind here. I'll go South Dakota State, Wash uh, South Dakota State, Michigan money line parlay. Uh, that's minus five dollars, minus 185. So that's um, around minus 118 or so, somewhere in that ballpark. So that's the way for an official play here on the podcast. I will roll, and hopefully for for all of us. For all of us to be happy, Adam, all we need is a 34-31 Michigan instant classic, and we're all happy. Matt wins, you win, I win. What could go wrong? How would I be happy if Michigan won the national championship? That's true. Well, at least your bet would hit. No offense, but <laughs> how would I be happy with that? I'll pass on that one. <laughs> That's Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. Make sure you read all the work over at vsin.com all throughout the weekend and on Monday game day. We'll talk some props. We'll have best bets from all of the hosts here at vsin. Follow Matt Humans on Twitter at MattHumans247 at 1TimMurray. For me, let's have ourselves a fine finish to the 2024 college football season. This has been the vsin College Football Betting Podcast. Psst. There's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell, to saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 fill-ups over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.